strip clubs and dollar bills. I got my money. Patron shots are gonna get a refill. Up and down that pole, and I still got my money. Four o'clock, and we ain't going home. I still got my money. Money make the world go round. I still got my money. Fans make your girl go down. I still got my money. I'm more where that came from. I still got my money. Have you noticed how black women seem to be over sexualized in American media? Now, American media is very important because it inspires the world. It sets the tone for the world's media. It's influential. It's inspiring around the world. America, Americans are the greatest marketers in the world. Well, American media. So the world pays attention when America does something. They pay attention to American singers. American actors, American culture. America has done a great job exporting itself around the world, its culture around the world through media. And so media is very important, inspirational, aspirational, influential. What you see on TV, what you see on social media, it matters. It really does. Now, firstly, I want to point out that all women are sexualized in media, right? All women are sexualized. It's gotten better, obviously, through the decades. Um, but still, a prettier face, tighter waist, bigger butt. Even though beauty standards have changed, bigger butt, bigger chest area. These women do better than the women that don't have those features. Now, keeping that in mind, black women are way more sexualized in a way in ways I would say over sexualized than white women. And what is the issue or what is the thing to harp on here? It is representation. Where you may find a diversity of opportunities given to white women, you will have a different array, assortment of white women that are showed in the media. Some of them, majority of them sexualized in some ways, but not all. Some of them sexualized, some of them not. Old, young, new, all sorts. The representation is there. Meryl Streep gets, continues to get roles in Hollywood films. Some of the you know, greats continue to get roles throughout the longevity of their career. The older they get, doesn't necessarily affect them. But when it comes to black women, there's a scarcity. A little bit of tokenism. There can only be one or two that's why from the years, I want to say, 20, 2005, all the way up to 2016, there were two or three black female superstar singers. Now, we're in a new era today. We are no longer in a place or space where traditional media, you know, gatekeeps 
the portholes, the access point to fame. Social media has established its own fame and opened doors for so many more people. So that scarcity is declining. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, traditional media has the most backing, financial backing, and is has the best strategy when it comes to distribution, putting people in front of eyeballs. And because social media is typically run by a one-man band, you know, one man, one person, probably the creator, the editor, the everything, may not really understand the business of media. Well, they don't know how to fully distribute their content to 190 countries around the world. But traditional media who built those structures in the grassroots, those strategies through the grassroots, they understand how to do that. So traditional media has come, has designed a narrative that they want the world to believe. And as we look at the black options and the white options, as there's a diversity of representation with white musicians, let's look at music, for example, there's a diversity, specifically in the 2005 to 2016 era, when you look at the diversity of the options in the black era, well, all, if, all of them are sexualized, but the white ones, not so much. Now, what does that mean today? Because obviously it's not 2016, we're in a new decade entirely. It's a new time. What do we see today? What is the representation today? Well, it hasn't really changed. If anything, some would say it's gotten worse. Black musicians being over-sexualized. I want to give you a, 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 an interesting thing about why this has happened. And it, we have to take a page from history. And the reason for that is that those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. But before I get into that, please don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, all of the above. This video is brought to you by Brand Video Pro's Members Lab, an online course that helps brands and influencers scale their influence in sales. Let's begin. So let's look at history, the history of white supremacy. Well, I did make a documentary, and you should go check that out, called The Great Divide, available on streamovg.com, and actually available on YouTube too. I'll link to it below. But in the documentary, I break down, I actually find the source, the beginning, the person, the people that created white supremacy and how they used it to export it around the world. Great findings in this documentary. But outside of that, I interviewed a Harvard-trained therapist. We talked about social issues in the black community. We talked about racism. We talked about culture. And there was something that we realized as we were speaking. It was that even though black women were raped by their oppressors, these white men, the colonizers, 
enslavers. These same people turned around and branded black women as whores. And before you stop or are dispute this, we also drew another parallel, and that was with black men. These same white male oppressors, colonizers, brutalized black men viciously. But yet, today, around the world, they turned around and branded their victims as the aggressors. This is the reason when you walk down the street and you see a black man, you're afraid. Well, I don't know if you are, I'm not afraid, but a lot of people have been trained to be afraid. When you see a black man doing things, you're afraid. And why is it that the media continues to perpetuate that imagery by funding projects that showcase black men as criminals, as degenerates, etc. Times are changing. Times are changing. Media is changing. Social media has opened new doors for black people, for all people. Don't get me wrong. Times are changing. But when we look at the history, there's a lot of baggage that we need to let go of. There's a lot of stereotypes in media. There's a lot of narratives. There are a lot of narratives in media that we need to let go of. And that is the brutal, dangerous black man and the over-sexualized black woman. So, now that we understand the history, let's draw from today's examples. When you see a black music video, now we have a, good, a better number of black female musicians. We didn't have them <laughs> pre-2016, but now we do have them. Or, well, when I say pre-2016, I mean from about 2005 to 2016, we didn't really have that many. In the 90s, we had so many. We had so many options. I don't know what happened. Some people say it's 9-11. Some people say 9-11 happened and America's media had a new agenda and it was the right way is the right way. Some people say that. Who knows? But let, let's continue. Today's representations of black women. All right, so who do we have? We have Normani, beautiful, beautiful woman. Chloe Bailey, beautiful. Cardi B, who else do we have? Meg Thee Stallion, who else do we have? Don't get me wrong, because of social media, there's so many more people that we have that are not over-sexualized. Let's go back to the 2005 to 2016 era. Let's look at Taylor Swift. The examples of white people that were doing well, Taylor Swift, and she's still relevant today, Katy Perry. Um, and let's look at the examples that we had of black people, Beyonce, Rihanna, and Nicki Minaj. I am by no means in any way coming for the artists. This is not their fault. I don't even think most of them understand what they're doing or what this means. 
because the strategy a lot of times the creativity a lot of times it's from the gatekeeper the gatekeeper approves or disapproves now beyonce is a special case but and she has special talents but still a lot of the power is still owned by the label so taylor swift katy perry look at those music videos wholesome pretty beautiful women but you see a rihanna music video you see a Nicki minaj music video you see a beyonce music video they're over sexualized and sure we could bring examples from that era 2005 you know up of over sexualized white women christina aguilera maybe that's a little bit before 2005 uh britney spears pre-2005 a little bit uh even miley cyrus more modern around when she did Wrecking Ball, I think that was like 2013. Great examples. But at the end of the day, it goes back to the subject of representation. There were still far more options of white women that were not heightened or overly sexualized. But the black options, every single one of them was over-sexualized. But what I find so interesting is how contrasting this message this thing is to reality now beyonce who was over sexualized was known to have the same husband for majority of her career Nicki minaj also had the same boyfriend for the majority of her career you know then had you know long-term boyfriend uh with safari then she dated mcmills now she's married so we don't we only really know three men that Nicki minaj has dated Rihanna, well, I'm not sure, but I don't think anybody in celebrity history has been called out for the amount of men they've dated than Taylor Swift. And by all means, do not get it twisted. Do not get me twisted. There's nothing wrong with a woman exploring her options, living her best life. But I just want to talk about the representation versus the reality and that's what i'm really focused on so if a woman that has multiple way more boyfriends or men encounters is represented in media as a wholesome classy woman but a black woman who's been known to have one husband for the longevity of for the entirety of her career one boyfriend three boyfriends max she is still presented as an over-sexualized, whatever you want to call it. Well, we need to ask some questions. We need to try and understand what's going on and why this is happening. Now, I just want to make it very, very clear because I think that a woman should have control of what she does in her body. So I am not coming for these artists individually. I believe that if that is the way they want to represent themselves and that is the way they feel empowered, well, that is their choice. And that should empower them. But the issue here is not about them and their choice. The issue is about representation and the gatekeepers of media and what I believe is their racist agenda to bring black women down. And why do I bring this up? Well, I'm a black woman and I move through society. 
And my belief is that when we have these poor representations or limited representations of black women and limited representations of black men, what happens when you go into the workplace? What happens when you move through society? Well, as a man, you already know, if you're a black man, you see it in the news, they kill them because they're afraid, they're afraid that black men are dangerous. What happens to a black woman? Well, she's over-sexualized in the workplace. She's over-sexualized throughout life. There are a few components to this that are problematic in my view. Because not only do generally black women then now, and you know, I, I think people that have experienced or been around more black women understand that this is not the case with most black women. Well, this is not the case. Most black women are not this way. But sometimes you might move into different societies. You know, I travel a lot. I, sometimes I go to Asia. You know, I'm in China. They've never seen a black person before. I'm in uh, Dubai. Damn, it's, it's a limited, well, they've started seeing black people now. But when I first used to go to, to Dubai in 2007 and they hadn't seen black people, well, what's the first thing they saw? Oh, black person, Beyonce. And their eyes go all goo-goo. Now, at that time, being a 18-year-old, do you really want to be sexualized by random people that you meet? when you travel the world because the only representation that they understand of a black woman is what they see Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Saweetie, what they see black women doing on television. What does that do to black women in society? It is my belief that not only does it devalue black women in the marriage and sexual marketplace, they call it the SMV, right? Sexual marketplace, yeah. Sexual market value. <laughs> but also, it devalues black women in the workplace and society at large. Because when you're deduced to your sexuality, when you're objectified to that, well, that's not going to be helpful in the workplace anywhere. Something to think about. But outside of the issue that black women are facing here, being over-sexualized in society, there's also the, rep the issue about what this representation does to young black women, and especially in America. There is a very high percentage of young black girls that have children out of wedlock, nothing wrong with that, but they have children at a very young age at a very young age, 16, 15, 14, 19, 21, they're having children. And what I call baby mama culture. So what does this do when the representation of black women is sexualized, over-sexualized? Well, it inspires and perpetuates baby mama culture. Now, don't get it twisted. Because this is, it's, I'm not saying specifically that over-sexualizing black women equals baby mama culture. That's not what I'm saying. There's so many factors that go into this. And there's so many foundational issues structurally with America built on white supremacy that has ensured that black people as a whole stay 
at the bottom of the totem pole, at the bottom of society. So first of all, the schooling system. Black schools are not properly funded. What does that mean? A lack of education, right? Black society, lack of education. People are, on, people are, you know, a lot of black people living under the poverty line, living very poor lives. Also lack of access to not only just education about, or not, not just sexual education, but also lack of funding. They don't, they're not able to pay for things like abortions. They're not able to pay for condoms some of the time. These are issues. And then when you heighten it, I think what I would say is the over-sexualization is the icing on the cake. The cake is already made. White supremacy is the cake, and it's already built the structures that keeps black people down. The icing on the cake, which perpetuates white supremacy, is media. And that media is detrimental to young black women who see these images of the whoever it is on television, and it inspires them to do the same thing in society. And then what happens? Not all the time, but a lot of times. They end up having children in their early teens, in their teenage years. What does that now do to them? Well, they've set themselves back for decades because they have to spend the, ne the next 18 years raising a child. Well, you're probably gonna stay under the poverty line now for the rest of your life because those next 18 years are the most lucrative years in ensuring you can climb that financial ladder. No, I'm not saying that the over-sexualization in media creates baby mama culture. That's not what I'm saying, but I said, what I'm saying is it inspires it and it's the icing on the cake. And it's what keeps the oil in the car for white supremacy to keep moving. White supremacy is the car, the media, is the fuel and it just keeps that car fueled up and going because the car can't go anywhere if it doesn't have its fuel media is influential now another thing that we should talk about is that it's not just the oversexualization of black women but what i find and i what i define as the oversexualization of black femininity, whether that is cultural appropriation or the Lil Nas X phenomenon. Before I get into Lil Nas X, please understand, he's a very tricky, tricky situation because a lot of people go after him for, because of he's homosexual. And I want to make it very clear that I do not support anyone that goes after him for being a homosexual. I do not support that in any way, shape, or form. So the issue is not, or the question here is not about his sexuality, but it's about black femininity being used as a tool for over-sexualization. I wanna, I'm gonna go and break down Lil Nas X really nicely, but before I get to him, the other way is cultural appropriation. Now, who are the examples of women that are over-sexualized in the media? Miley Cyrus, who appropriated the twerk? 
and made that and used that as a tool for her oversexualization. Kim Kardashian with her body used it as a tool, having the features that most black women has, to oversexualize herself. So when I say black femininity and we're looking at it through cultural appropriation, well, it's an interesting thing. In this case, they've taken black features, black culture, they haven't given any credit to it. And okay, Kim Kardashian, a lot of, well actually, are, she's naturally curvy, but we know that she's enhanced her body. She's taken black femininity and she's over-sexualized it. So it seems as though, I won't, this is probably a leap, but in these two cases, the cases where we see white women over-sexualized, they have appropriated black culture in order to do it. So let's talk about Lil Nas X. I want to be very clear again and say this again. People that come after him for his homosexuality, well, I can never support that. It's the over-sexualization of gayness. I think that we have to be very careful with Lil Nas X because anybody that wants to call him out, they should also call out black rappers, male rappers for gang culture, as well as calling out the over-sexualization of black women because it's the same thing and it's the same reason. The over-sexualization of uh, black femininity and the, the criminalization of black masculinity. So when it comes to black men, like I said earlier, they always want to fund movies where black men are either being attackers, criminals, etc., or being abused with the slavery movies. They always want to show us them beating up black people. But either way, in the news, in the media, when black men are represented, it's always, you know, they call them hoodlums, gangsters. But if a white man does it, oh, it's old Jimmy from down the block. Um, College-educated Jimmy. <laughs> and so it's quite interesting. So if you're going to call out Lil Nas X for using black femininity and over-sexualizing it, you also have to call out all every single rapper that has appropriated, even, even the ones that have appropriated black masculinity and the ones that are perpetuating black masculinity as dangerous, they're doing the same thing because they're feeding into the system of white supremacy as I defined earlier. So if you're gonna call Lil Nas X out, you're gonna call them out too. And also, while you're calling them out, you're gonna call out the Cardi B's of the world and all the other black female rappers and anyone that's really doing, who's over-sexualizing black femininity. Now, there are some excuses. The reasons why it's easier to see Cardi B literally have sex on stage, pretty much have sex on stage on a live show. They will, they're willing to see that. But with Chloe Bailey, it was an issue. When it comes to hip hop, rap, hip hop, it's typically R rated. So you're gonna get over-sexualization in women and you're gonna get black men that are criminal, that are being you know, gangsters and hoodlums. That's what hip hop was always about. So 
when then it comes to Lil Nas X, well, he's playing into those stereotypes and he's technically allowed to be a little bit more risque. The issue with a, uh, Chloe Bailey, um, and I think Normani, I don't even think Normani was ever scrutinized for this because Fifth Harmony were pretty risque in their videos. But in terms of Chloe Bailey, because we saw her as a child star and her evolution as a child star, we know that her audience skews young. And more, more to that point, her sister is in The Little Mermaid that's about to come out on Disney. And her fan base is not separate from her sister's fan base. It skews young. So when all these young black women particularly, but just young kids particularly, are watching the Chloe Baileys dance and do these things in her music video, well, personally, I find that disturbing. Now, I believe that she has the freedom to do what she wants with her body. But I think that there is a social responsibility for every content creator to be mindful of the age demographic of their audience and to be mindful about the type of content they put out. Now, a lot of people will say that it is the responsibility of the platform. YouTube, Instagram, it's their responsibility to age restrict the content on their platform. And this is why I'm going to tell you that actually there is a social responsibility that people, content creators in general, should uphold. And, and where I'm, I'm going to tell you a story about adpocalypse. You might have heard it, you might not. Around circa 2017, YouTube, YouTube started demonetizing a lot of content creators works but why did they do that because advertisers pressured them and said look we don't want to put ads on content we don't want to put ads on content that is any of this like disgusting material so youtube with its algorithm just started demonetizing videos that anything even if you put a, a a one word that just seemed the algorithm picked it up because it seemed like it was not suitable they demonetized it well that was 2017 a lot has happened since then now today you know you click a button is this video meant for children and it says no and now they have a new platform called youtube kids where kids can go on and watch that content so they've done a lot of work in their defense to block off children from being able to consume regular youtube and, and explicit content and so Yes, they're responsible and they've done what they could. But at the end of the day, we have to understand that these platforms, specifically YouTube and Instagram, have billions of consumers consuming every day. And when you look at a government, when you look at a government struggling to regulate 100 million people, 300 million people, even 10 million people, governments struggle with regulation of this mass community because it's difficult when you're dealing with big numbers at scale it's harder to regulate people and so for you to say a platform that doesn't even have the same type of funding as a government has is supposed to regulate two billion people almost two billion people well is that fair to say
And when you think about that, don't you think it's the responsibility of the content creator to be mindful of their audience and what they put out? Because not everyone has a parent at home. Some people are homeless. Some people lost their parents. Not everyone has a parent at home to regulate the content that their child watches. So who, whose responsibility is that? And I think there is a social responsibility. Just as there's a social responsibility in a country for you to, you know, when you're walking down the street, for you not to just, like, piss on the streets, for you not to litter, there is a social responsibility. People still do it, but there's a social responsibility. And the more civilized an environment is, the less likely you're going to see people pissing on the streets. So if we conduct ourselves civilly, and these creators that I'm talking about were you know were created were grew up in civilized country a civil well that could be arguable after uh, earlier this year in january but america is developed let's put it that way and there is a civil responsibility for people not to walk down the street in america and piss on the street so these same creators that grow up in america i don't think that they can they can just say oh well it's not my fault it's not my business no I think they have a responsibility to age restrict their videos. And because of this mentality, I reported some of these videos because I felt I didn't report it because I wanted the video taken down. I reported it because I wanted it to be age restricted and people should be notified that this video has explicit sexual content. Just give us a warning. Give us a warning. Let's know before we click on the video. So those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. And where do we go from here? Well, I think, yes, people have a social responsibility. People have a social responsibility. Content creators have a social responsibility to their audience to give warnings about explicit content, about, you know, content that's not only, it's not only kids that don't want to watch this type of stuff. There are adults that just don't want to watch this stuff. Because at the end of the day, look, if you want to create porn, there are websites for that. OnlyFans, Pornhub, etc. If that's, if you want to make explicit content, there are avenues and platforms for you. And some platforms, YouTube is a great platform. Just give us a warning so we know this is sexually explicit. So anyway, those are my thoughts on the over-sexualization of women in media, specifically black women in media, as well as the over-criminalization of black men. Well, that's my thoughts. Let me know yours. Leave a comment down below. Please don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, all of the above. My name is Kenem, and see you next time. A peace.